Welcome to another episode of the Beth Linder Moss podcast, where we delve deep into all things health, wellness, and fitness. My name is Harold Nickel. On this episode, Beth will debunk the most common health and fitness myths. Our misunderstanding of these things can keep us off our path to overall fitness, and nobody wants that. And so, Beth, let's set the record straight on several of these commonly held beliefs. The first one, the concept of spot reduction or spot reducing certain body parts or areas. Is it really possible or is it just um, another fitness myth? It's definitely a myth. We would all love to spot reduce and say, hey, I want to lose, you know, this part of my belly or this part of my booty or this part of my arms. Unfortunately, we cannot spot reduce. We can work those body parts out and we can make them stronger and you can get muscles. But unfortunately, you can't just say, oh, if I do, you know, only work my abs, then um, then right there is it's going to get less because unfortunately it, it doesn't work that way. Um, if you want your la- your abs in general to get smaller, abs are made in the kitchen. So we would say that diet plus nutrition would help with that. But at the same time, like you're just going to, if you don't do um, your nutrition with it, you will definitely get stronger abs, but it doesn't mean that it's going to reduce it. And if I sit here and do, you know, bicep curls or I do squats, I'm not just going to reduce in one spot. Your body will just take, you know, and it just goes as it feels that it's needed in certain spots and the bigger areas normally come down first. But unfortunately, you cannot spot reduce, but you can still build the muscle underneath that. So as you are following a better nutrition, then you will be able to see an overall change in your body, though. Yeah, I think that that's good advice. And um, I think it would be kind of a nightmare scenario if if that actually worked and that people would look maybe not the way they intended. Like if you uh, had your abs sculpted well, but you had arms and a chest that didn't match, I think it would be, I don't know, hard to explain if nothing else. So <laughs> we've, we've you've debunked it, the first one for us. All right. I often hear in others that morning workouts are superior to those at other times of the day. Now, is there any reason to believe scientific backing or anything else that there's anything to this belief? I really think that whatever you could work out, work out. That's it. I happen to be a morning person. So for me, my workouts are so much better and so much more productive in the morning. But if I were a night owl, my I would probably say that a night owl would not have as much of have a good workout in the morning as I would. So like they would probably have a much better workout at night where my night workouts would be more on the sluggish side or the side where I might not be trying as hard um, or getting out everything that I would want to get out of my workout. So when you're working out, whenever you could get it in, get it in. And we even spoke about like, even sometimes like if you have to do, you know, 15 minutes, three times a day, do that. There is nothing saying that, you know, morning workouts is definitely the better for me. I like to say, Hey, I'd like to do in the morning, be done. Know that the rest of my day I can get and do everything. And I don't have to have it on my mind that at seven o'clock tonight, I still have to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. But for me, I also like to work out with 
a very with an empty stomach. So um, that's how it works best for me. So at night, when I'm already tired, when I already have food in my stomach, my workouts just aren't the same. I can do yoga most of the time, but I can't, I just don't get like the best workout when I'm, I'm going to go for a run or if I'm, you know, lifting and stuff like that. I just do much better in the morning on an empty stomach, but that's like everybody has to figure out what works best for them. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you and I can, you know, sit at my desk and work all day and really be tired when I, when I get to go home and go to run or work out and just the mental fatigue extends over to the rest of me. So like what you said, tired. And when you had something to eat, it's not a good combination. And I prefer a morning workout just for the reasons that you, that you articulated. Yeah. But sometimes people, like I said, the night owls, they do much better at night. Yeah. So, you know, it's just totally preference. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's individually based. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, All right. Number the third is skipping meals, an effective and healthy way to lose weight. No, unfortunately, skipping meals does not really help you lose weight. It will, it really will do is actually like slow your metabolism down if you're just going to skip meals or not get enough in. When I say that skipping meals, we really are talking about like, should I get it? Skipping meals to me sounds more to the fact, should I get in less calories a day? So what I'm looking at is if you don't take enough calories a day, you're going to slow your metabolism down. So somebody who's doing intermittent fasting, most of those people are skipping breakfast. But what they're doing is they're eating normally uh, at least eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. So they're normally eating from like 12 to eight, or maybe they choose 10 to six or whatever it might be. So the people who are doing intermittent fasting, they're not necessarily skipping meals because they're getting in the right amount of calories mm-hmm. within that day where if you are planning on eating only one meal a day, then your metabolism is really going to slow down. If you are eating it during those eight hours during the day, that will not affect your metabolism. So you want to make sure that what you're not doing is skimping out on the proper nutrients that you need each day. You need to get your proteins in, your carbs in, your fruits and veggies in, your fats in. So you want to make sure that you're not skipping out on all of the nutrients that you need. Yeah, that's a good word. And I personally do intermittent fasting and I don't lose in tons of weight, but it's working for me. But the idea that if you just skip a meal, that your metabolism slows, that's not good for any part of you, particularly those of us who have to work for a living, right? It's not that what I'm saying is that like you can skip breakfast, right? Because as long as you're eating the right amount of calories within those eight hours of like the intermittent fasting. But if you're going to skip breakfast and lunch and only eat dinner, actually, the funny thing is most of the people only eat one meal a day are actually heavier than those who actually eat throughout the day. That's interesting. I have a friend who experienced that very thing. You know, hearing it from you uh, gives it a tremendous amount of validity. Now, the weight comparison between muscle and fat, that's always been a, a topic of discussion and that somehow a pound of muscle was heavier than a pound of fat. Hey, I know that a pound is a pound is a pound, but doesn't this really refer to, I guess, density of muscle versus fat? Is that is that correct? Yeah. So most of the time people are like, oh, you know, I weigh more because I have so much muscle on me, you know, or because I have, 
if you put a pound of fat next to a pound of muscle, a pound is a pound, like muscle doesn't weigh any more than a pound of fat. But what does is muscle takes up less space than the fat does. Normally, someone who will be, you know, weighing somebody who weighs 100 pounds, well, let's just let's take two people who weigh 100 pounds, one who works out, and one who doesn't the one who who works out more with like the muscles and stuff, they're actually going to appear most of the time slimmer than the one who doesn't, even though they both weigh 100 pounds, one is going to appear to be looking slimmer, their body measurements might be uh, might be different as well, because the muscle takes up less space than the fat does. So if you put, you know, a pound of feathers next to a, you know, a pound of muscle, then you'll see that those feathers look how many feathers you need to, you know, have there, right? Right. So a pound of feathers would take up way more space, right? So that's really what it is. It's just the muscle um, takes up less space. Really interesting because that that debate rages. And speaking of fat, let's talk about fat-free foods. Are they are they as beneficial as they're marketed to be, or is there more to this than we know? So many times when like uh, you see all this fat-free, fat-free, and I'm gonna say like, so you know, I'm in my 50s. So when I was growing up, it was fat-free this, fat-free that, don't have fat, no fat, no fat, no fat. That's like, and everyone's like going crazy over like the no fat stuff. Well, all they did was add in sugar and they took the fat out. What you have to do is you have to make sure that if if it's fat free, that the sugars or the, uh, you know, that they're not going to increase on another um, ingredient or another um, part of the, read the food label to make sure that nothing else is um, increased. The, normally that's what they're doing. If they're taking out the fat, they're in, trying to make sure that it tastes good. So then they just increase on the sugar or maybe they're going to increase on the salt. You need to like watch out for that stuff. Now it's fine to eat foods that are fat free, like all fruits for the most part, you know, although a, an avocado is considered a fruit because it has a pit, mm-hmm. but um, avocados have fats in it, but those are the healthiest fats you can eat. But overall, if you're eating an apple or an orange, there's no fat to it. So that's like a f- naturally fat-free food. Right. Um, those are, you know, so when you're saying that, but if you're going to have just say a cracker that says fat free on it, right. Mm-hmm. Look on it and make sure that they didn't increase on the sugars mm-hmm. for, or the salt to make the flavoring different because that's what they have done in the past is that when they took out the fat, um, they have, they increase in other spots. But the one thing that people have to realize is fats are actually really good for you and your body actually really needs them so when they were doing going on that craze that really wasn't the best craze which is no longer really around so much but um because you need you need your fats you can get them in from like the healthy fats not your saturated fats that you're going to get from your your um meats and any kind of animal products but if you get them in through your avocados or your nuts all of those are really, really great fats for you. And some of them, you know, can actually help you to reduce your cholesterol, increase your HDLs, which is your good cholesterol, you know, decrease your over cholesterol, your overall cholesterol. Um, and your HDLs are the ones that protect you. So some of those fats are actually going to help you as well by some eating some of the nuts that actually help. So you want to make sure that you are getting your fats in and but you're getting in the healthy fats. And watching, making sure that when they say, you know, uh, reduce fat or fat free, you know, 
certain things should be fat free. So hopefully, you know, like piece of fruit should be fat free. So you want to make, or, or your veggies, um, they should already be like, you know, they're naturally fat free. Fat has contributes to uh, texture and mouthfeel of uh, food. And, and like you had said, the taste. And so they load it up with other stuff. So it's really not a good trade. We'll follow your advice about, about nuts and, and healthy fat. All right. In terms of effort, no pain, no gain. Is there any truth to this proverb or is it just a misinterpretation of what healthy or vigorous training ought to be? So I think you could take this like in two different ways. No pain, no gain can be saying that for me, if you feel pain while you're working out, you need to understand what the difference between being sore and also pain. So if you're sore and you haven't worked out in a long time, that's okay. It's okay to be sore. But what it's not okay to be is an actual like pain pain. There's definitely a difference between being sore and being pain. So when they say no pain, no gain, I look at it as if you feel any kind of true pain, then you should not be doing that exercise. But if you are sore, it's a right to be sore. That means you just didn't, you're just using muscles you haven't used in a while. No pain, no gain in my eyes is that you just have to look at it in the right way. It's okay to be sore. It's not okay to actually have actual pain, pain. And that's what you got to say that what the difference is. Someone feels a sharp and sudden pain anywhere while they're working out. They should stop because trying to power through is likely to lead to a much worse injury. Is that what I think I'm hearing? Yeah, that and you should, maybe you need to realign yourself and make sure that your form is correct, you know, and do that kind of stuff. But what what you want to make sure is that you're not actually, you know, you shouldn't be feeling like knee pain or back pain, you know, because of an exercise that you're doing. What we're trying to do when you exercise is try to actually get rid of the pain. Like if you have back pain, you want to have a stronger core, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so what we want to do is we want to make your core, your core might be a little sore because you worked your core, but it should like you, we don't want to feel any actual quote unquote pain, no pain, no gain. I mean, that it, the I know what the real thing is. They're saying you have to be work out really, really hard. And if you're not in pain after it, then you didn't work out hard enough. Well, it, that's really not the case. After you've been working out for a while, you're going to have really hard workouts, but it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be super sore the next day or have any kind of you know discomfort from it. it you could still have a really good workout and not feel any soreness yeah, the, the next day if you've been doing it a while because this is something that you already have your body is already used to. Sometimes when you work a muscle differently or you work a muscle maybe that you haven't used in a while, that's when the soreness is going to come on for somebody who's already been working out for a while. Right. Yeah, if you hadn't had any exercise since grade school, maybe uh it, you should expect to have some soreness. But um Exactly. People who haven't worked out in a long time and then they start working out, they're definitely sore. I tell people all the time like you're going to be very sore the first week, but don't skip any of the days because you're too sore because then you start over and you're every time you start it over again, you're never going to get past that first week because the first week is when you're the most sore, when all that lactic acid is built up. And so you got to get past that week and then everything, the soreness won't be as intense. Not that means you're not going to be as sore, but it's not as intense. You will be sore if you haven't worked out in a while. But if we're talking about someone who's been doing it for a while, while, then they might not be as sore when they're doing it. Okay. 
That sounds good. Now, speaking of pain, lifting weights will often have a stigma of adding bulk. And for some people, that's not a bad thing. But is there anything to this, Beth? Listen, there's so many things. We see bodybuilders and they are bulky because they're supposed to be bulky. Well, not actually all. You can have some bikini ones that aren't as bulky. But right. overall, the the you know, it's known if you're going to be a bodybuilder. But they're lifting in a way and eating in a way to make themselves bulky. Where the average person who is just working out to stay healthy and to stay fit, are they're not going to get bulky. So when you are lifting for just overall fitness and health, you can lift and you can, you know, do free weights. You could do the machines. You could do, you know, deadlifts, whatever it is. You're not going to get bulky unless you are going to be lifting such heavy weights and or following the type of nutrition diet that these bodybuilders follow, which is not the same type of nutrition diet that most people are going to be eating on a daily basis. As you know, to be a bodybuilder, it's extremely regimented kind of diet where you can have so much protein and you have no carbs and not, not, not a lot of any nothing else. And there's a whole lot of protein going on. Um, it's very different than the everyday diet. So most people do not have to worry about getting bulky from their average workout. Well, that's so well said because lots of people who lift weights, I don't hear many men talk about, oh, I don't want to lift weights because it'll make me look bulky. But I've heard women say say that. And so you're once again, you're debunking and um, pointing out the differences are incredibly worthwhile. All right. With the time we've got left, a very popular belief that if you work out regularly, your diet doesn't matter. Is this the truth or is this just an excuse to eat cookies? <laughs> it's definitely an excuse. <laughs> I think that you could find most people who say, oh, I work out and I eat whatever I want. And then we'll, they'll stay at, maybe they might stay at the same weight because they are working out and they're, you know, balancing out. But what can happen is, is if you're trying to work out and you're trying to lose weight, you need to really watch um, what your calorie intake is. You know, obviously to lose weight, it's, you know, calories in versus calories out. But like you do need to watch what you're eating even while you're working out. It is definitely an excuse to just indulge in whatever you want. You could even gain some weight if you are eating too much, even though you're working out or you could just be maintaining. Um, but if your goal is to get more cut, then you're not going to want to just eat anything. If your goal is to, um, you know, decrease in size or decrease in your weight, whatever it might be, then you really have to watch what you're eating. You should always really be eating a healthy diet regardless of it anyway. But, and yes, you are allowed to indulge at times, but you don't want to indulge all the time because right, every, right. you should always have some things that are going to be, you know, satisfying to you um, as you're eating because you don't want to take everything out of your diet. Otherwise, then you will, you know, be missing out and then you're going to want to end up overeating. I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy some of your food at times, but overall, you cannot eat anything that you want just because you're working out. It's uh, it's like computers garbage in and you uh, get a lot, a lot heavier. It's only a little bit like computers, but I think everybody understands what you're saying, which is that if you want to be healthy and fit, 
it's important to pay attention to what you eat. You know, I'm sure that we all appreciate that Beth helped demystify these misconceptions and provided tips and insights on achieving healthier, sustainable fitness habits. It's time to expose these myths and get on the track to more informed and effective fitness routines. And you can see plenty of fitness routines on Beth's TikTok channel. And there are also really some very good recipes on there also for better nutrition. Beth is also a best-selling author. Her book, Think Healthy, Be Healthy, is a comprehensive guide to better fitness, nutrition, and frame of mind for any and all who want to be and feel better. Think Healthy, Be Healthy is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Beth's website, which is bethlinder-moss.com, and at traditional bookstores everywhere. Hey, thanks for listening. Tell your friends about Beth and come back next time for another edition of the Beth Linder Moss Podcast.